good morning and welcome to King's Daily this morning. We're coming to the end of our study in the book of Nehemiah. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've really found it stimulating, helpful, inspired, been inspired by this character Nehemiah. And um, we're coming to the end this morning, but let's pray and see what the Lord has for us today. Lord, thank you so much that you... You speak to us through your word. You encourage us. You help us. You, you sustain us. You provoke us. Lord, thank you for this book we've been going through, this, 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 this wonderful account of your great faithfulness. In the, and, and Lord, we, we, I, I pray now that you'd speak to us afresh, Lord, that, that you'd stir our hearts in our walk with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so we're in chapter 13, the last chapter, and uh, we, we, we saw on uh, the end of last week how um, Nehemiah, he'd had quite a long stay in uh, Jerusalem. There had been some wonderful things that happened, something of revival, a real move of God. It was wonderful. People were listening to the Word of God for several hours, weeping, celebrating, and uh, resolving to to follow after the Lord, and uh, it's been a wonderful time. Then Nehemiah, uh, we read, he went back to, to Babylon. You know, he asked, he cut bearer to the king, chapter one. And uh, so he went back, and now some years later, he comes back, and he finds there's been slippage. He finds that there's been a, a, a lapse. The people have slipped back, and just a repeating history. Um, it's happening here again for uh, for Nehemiah. So here we go. We, I'll start with verse 14. That's where we finished uh, last time. He, he made some reforms that the, on coming, on returning. And he, he says this, Remember me for this, my God. Do not blot out what I have so faithfully done for the house of my God and its service. This, I'll come back to that word. In those days, I saw people in Judah treading the wine presses on the Sabbath, bringing in grain and loading it on donkeys together with wine, grapes, figs and all other kinds of loads. And they were bringing all this into Jerusalem on the Sabbath. Therefore, I warned them against selling food on that day. People from Tyre who lived in Jerusalem were bringing in fish and all kinds of merchandise, selling them in Jerusalem on the Sabbath to the people of Judah. I rebuked the nobles of Judah and said to them, what is this wicked thing you're doing, desecrating the Sabbath day? Didn't your ancestors do the same thing so that our God brought all this calamity on us and on this city? Now you're stirring up more wrath against Israel by desecrating the Sabbath. So here he is speaking out speaking out against people just drifting into the ways of the culture around them. The, the whole stuff of life, of, of, of making money becoming more important, a higher priority than honouring the Lord. When evening, verse 19, when evening shadows fell on the gates of Jerusalem before the Sabbath, I ordered the doors to be shut and not opened until the Sabbath was over. And I stationed some of my own men at the gates so that no load could be brought in on the Sabbath day. Once or twice, the merchants and sellers of all kinds of goods spend the night outside Jerusalem. But I warned them 
and said, why do you spend the night by the wall? If you do this again, I will arrest you. From that time on, they no longer came on the Sabbath. Then I commanded the Levites to purify themselves. It sounds like there's been slippage all round. It's, it's just the human heart, so fickle. Reminds me of the words in uh, Ezekiel, the Lord's speaking about this fickleness and speaking about one day I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to, put, I'm going to write my law in your heart. I'm, I'm, what, what's, what's needed here is a transformation of heart. Okay, let's keep going. Um, I ordered, the, I commanded the Levites to purify themselves and go and guard the gates in order to keep the Sabbath day holy. Remember me for this also, my God, and show mercy to me according to your great love. This, he's got a great walk with the Lord, this man, hasn't he? He's, he's honouring God. He's, he's, we see his prayer life all the way through, he, these arrow prayers and so on. Uh, wonderful. Moreover, in those days, I saw men of Judah who'd married women from Ashdod, Ammon and Moab. Half their children spoke the language of Ashdod or the language of one of the other people didn't know how to speak the language of Judah. The next generation were not being brought up in the ways of the Lord. They didn't know the language of Zion. They, 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 they were falling away. This is, this is so, so sad. So the slippage all around. There's been wonderful renewal and revival. There's been, you'd think after such wonderful times that it, it couldn't go wrong again. But it, but it had. And here we've got the second generation lose, losing their distinctiveness. We need to pray for our children and, and, and families and parents, you know. Um, it's, it, 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 it's very challenging raising children in this day and age, isn't it? More difficult than when our children were small. That, that just the challenges, the, the, the internet, the Im image... Uh, all that kind of stuff, it, it, it presses in so hard on, on our children. And we need to be praying for, for parents and our children. I, do you know, I, I love it at King's, um, seeing the, the children there on a Sunday morning. I hope you never get frustrated with that. I hope you enjoy it. I mean, I know there's a lot. I think there's between 80 and 100 um, primary children at King's. It's wonderful. It's family. We, let's keep them, keep them in the language of Zion. Keep them in the... The family of God, enjoying the family of God. There's a place for them in the family of God. We need to pray for them, pray for them. And uh, I think it says something as well about us as, as, as parents, those of us who are parents, um, that we make sure that we keep our priorities. And, you know, I think perhaps um, it's a delicate subject, this. Of course, we can do everything absolutely right, as it were, and yet our children can still take a detour. And it's always going to be by the grace of God that they... They, they carry on in the Lord and we pray, pray, pray for that. But I think certainly if the key word for Nehemiah is faithfulness. So let that be a key word for us. If we're faithful, that, that's got to be a, a good thing. Faithful in our gathering with the people of God. Not becoming one of those people for whom one in three is good enough. One Sunday in three is good enough. No, don't neglect your assembling together. Model it in your family. Model it with your children that, that they... Grow up with a strong sense of being part of the family of God, loving the family of God. So, hey, we need to pray, especially in these days, for children and, uh, and parents. Um, 
Okay, they didn't know how to speak the language of Judah. Verse 25, I rebuked them and cursed some, called curses down on them. I beat some of the men and pulled out their hair. Goodness me, Nehemiah, he's, a, he's, a, he's an upfront leader, isn't he? He's, ooh, okay, let's move on. I made them take an oath in God's name and said, you're not to give your daughters in marriage their sons, uh, nor are you to take their daughters in marriage for your sons or for yourselves. Was it not because of marriages like this that Solomon, the king of Israel, sinned? Among the many nations, there was no king like him. He was loved by his God, and God made him king over all Israel, but even he was led into sin by foreign women. Oh, that's a strong one, isn't it? Mixed marriages, oh God. Verse 27. Must we hear now that you too are doing this terribly with terrible wickedness and are being unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women? One of the sons of Joida, son of Eliashib, the high priest, was son-in-law to Sanballat, the Horonite, and I drove him away from me. <laughs> he wasn't going to have fellowship with him. Remember them, my God, because they defiled the priestly office and the covenant of priesthood and the Levites. So I purified the, the priests and the Levites of everything foreign and assigned them duties, each to their own task. I also made provision for contributions of wood at designated times and for the first fruits. Remember me with favour, my God. Well, there's one word that stands out for me in here, in this passage, we're throughout the book really, and it's in verse 14. Remember me for this, my God. Don't blot out what I have so faithfully done. Faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. That's what we're called to. We're not called to great successes or, or triumphs. We're called to faithfulness. Walking with the Lord day by day, being faithful in our devotion to him, being faithful in honouring him with our lives. We're called to faithfulness. Nehemiah was a faithful man. He was a passionate man. He was a faithful man. And... Let us be provoked by this wonderful book to faithfulness in our following Jesus. Lord, Lord Jesus, what a high calling we've got. Lord, thank you. This is our high calling to run the race, to finish the course, to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Lord, we, we want that for ourselves and our, our friends and our loved ones and our families. Lord, help us to walk faithfully with our God. Close to you, Lord. Today, tomorrow, through life, Lord, thank you that we have the Holy Spirit in us to help us, strengthen us, to cry out, Abba, Father. Lord, I pray, go with us today and may we be provoked to faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, bless you. I, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this wonderful book of Nehemiah tomorrow. We're starting something fresh and I'll share that with you tomorrow. God bless and have a really good day.